You didn't that's take any true, action. Senator. You didn't fire anybody. You haven't that's compensated true. a single that's victim. Not, Let me ask said. you this. Let me ask you this. There's families of victims here today. Have you apologized to the victims? Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? I, I, I'm sorry for why we invested so much and are going to continue doing industry big efforts to uh, to make sure that no one has to go through the types of things that your families have had to suffer. We have never seen something like that happen at one of these hearings focused on reining in big tech or really on the Hill, period, in such dramatic fashion. Zuckerberg and the other CEOs who were seated at that dais also strongly defended the measures that their companies have taken, they say, to make their sites safer. We provide in-app reporting tools so that people who are being harassed or who are, you know, have been shared inappropriate sexual content can report it in the case of harassment or sexual content. I'm proud to say that TikTok was among the first to empower parents to supervise their teens on our app with our family pairing tools. You have my personal commitment that X will be active and a part of this solution. Now that's the executives. I should know all the heat that you heard from the lawmakers who were questioning them, that cutting criticism. Despite all of that, Congress has done close to nothing, really nothing, to regulate the social media company's members at this moment. Joining me here tonight is Christine McComas. She was in that hearing, and when Mark Zuckerberg turned around, she was one of the people that he apologized to directly. Her daughter, Grace, died by suicide at the age of 15 after being relentlessly cyberbullied. And Christine is with me now, and I'm so glad that you're here, and thank you for coming in. It, it must have been incredibly emotional to be in that room today with those parents. It was. There were a lot of different emotions, though. Um, you know, there, there's a certain amount of, um, you know, grief from all of us. I know many of those parents that were there, at least 20 of us uh, know each other. And, um, you know, grief is one thing, but for me, I find anger as well, because my daughter died in 2012, and I started talking immediately about the role that social media played, and at that time, maybe people didn't understand, but now we know. And, and the thing that really is upsetting is with the whistleblowers that came forward, uh, two of them from uh, Facebook and Instagram, they're they brought papers with them that proved that they had internal information and internal research that they knew also, and they chose to do nothing. Um, and every time, you know, we, we've done a lot of advocacy, but every time a bill like this fails or does, they just don't take any action on it, I know that there will be more kids harmed and more kids will die. When Zuckerberg turned around with that apology, which, of course, I should note, came after Josh Hawley, the senator, was essentially <clears throat> kind of put him in a position where he had no choice but to do so. Oh, what went through your head? Well, that, that was the thing. It wasn't, it wasn't exactly organic. I don't think he had a choice but to turn around and say something. Um, I could not clearly hear everything he was saying, but he did look at me. Um, but the bottom line is there's a lot of talking, and now we need action, and we need change. And COSA, the Kids Online Safety Act, would do that. Do you think, did the sense from the lawmakers give you any hope 
that it, it won't just be talk and that they will actually do something? Well, they certainly seem heated about it. Um, it sounded to me like they were making promises that they will bring it to a vote. Now, whether it goes to the House and, and what happens over there, I don't know. But I, I think for the betterment of the United States and the safety of American children, it has to happen. You have Grace's picture there. You're wearing it in that, that pin. I mean, to think that she was 15 years old. What was she like? <sighs> she was born happy. She was, um, you know, a pretty bright light from birth. She um, was always pleasant and um, funny as all get out. And it only continued as she grew. I mean, she was a communicative and um, active teen, um, wasn't at risk uh, until things happened with on Twitter and she never had a smartphone and she wasn't on Twitter and I didn't even know what it was at the time. But you don't have to be on social media to be hurt by it. And that's what I think a lot of people don't understand. You know, when social media exponentially explodes, maybe the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to you or hatred towards you or violence threatened to you, um, you don't have to be actually on there and receiving it because it goes out to the, everybody. It goes out to the peer group. It goes out to, you know, and people would call her and say, you know, he's talking about you again. Um, and, and then just at that time, you could just look up, you know, a, whatever their handle was at the time, and you could see the last thing they said. And what did she endure? The types of things? Um, I made this to share with senators tomorrow. We will spend the entire day tomorrow on Capitol Hill. And this is some of the tweets that were aimed at our daughter when she was 14 years old. Um, With I, their stomach turning. I'm sorry? Their stomach turning. Yes. She, she was 14. Um, and there are things like uh, snitches should have their fingers cut off one by one while they watch their families burn. I hate, 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 hate you literally seven times. I hope you see this and cry yourself to sleep and then wake up and kill yourself. You might as well. You're a lousy piece of. And I had never seen anybody talk to other people like that. Um, there were no ways. I knew it was happening. She told us about it. We had screenshots. We went to everybody we could think of and couldn't get it fixed. But the thing is, even today, you can't report and get things taken down. If a kid is in. Um, crisis and they are afraid or they are um, being harmed or sextorted or whatever, they need an instantaneous way to contact, you know, a caring adult and get that information taken down and, and make sure that they know a trusted adult or a kind person who will, their parents, whatever, to take care of them and to, to stop it. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for talking about Grace with us. Thank you. And for appreciate joining you. us on such a difficult day. I really appreciate it, Christine. Thanks. Thank you. And on the other side of that hearing today were the lawmakers. And one person who was there, Democratic Senator of Minnesota, Amy Klobuchar, who was questioning those executives. And Senator Klobuchar joins me now. Thank you, Senator, for being here. I mean, when you hear Christine talk about what her daughter had to go through, what people said to her about her and what she saw, are, are you committed to, to parents like Christine to bringing about change on Capitol Hill? I think Christine knows I've been committed. I have been leading a number of these efforts for years. 
two of the five bills uh, that we want to go to the floor very quickly, to Christine's point, um, are my bills. And this is about finally getting some accountability. I felt a sea change having taken on issues from app store fees to social media companies um, engaging in monopoly conduct. I felt some hope in that room today, few reasons. Bipartisan, you could see it. I think the companies always try to divide and conquer. They think, oh, we'll tell the liberals this is bad, we'll tell the conservatives this is bad. Um, I think they think this is too esoteric to matter. I think those parents standing there with the pictures of their kids behind the CEOs will be forever etched in people's memory. And the third thing is they always think, oh, Congress doesn't know what they're doing. That's not the Senate Judiciary Committee. We know what we're doing. And this focus on making them accountable, no other industry is like this. They literally, um, this rule was put in place before I was in Congress that said they can't be sued for anything and yet they profit off of these kids, and opening up the courtroom doors would make a huge difference. They are no longer little companies in a garage. Giving law enforcement the tools they need to go after uh, the fact that we have pale pills laced with fentanyl. Two Minnesotans were there whose kids just got one pill off the internet, they thought it was a Percocet, and it was laced with fentanyl, and they died. Uh, and then finally, uh, the, she mentioned it, Christine mentioned it, sex torsion. We've had over 20 kids, according to the FBI, commit suicide just because they're looking for a girlfriend or a boyfriend and someone lures them in that's really a, a corrupt person and they give them their picture, naked picture, whatever, and then they, they basically extort them. And the kid, who's maybe 15 years old, kills themselves because they think their whole life is over. This is happening right now in America. And the fact that, as I noted, you know, a, a jet loses a door, and thank God no one was killed, and we ground the 700 planes, which was the right thing to do, and this is going on, and we just sit. So I am glad that Senator Schumer is committed. He's met with a number of us uh, to bring these bills to the floor. They were all bipartisan, and the time has come, and I think this hearing is going to be a game changer. Yeah. So, so what is that time? You know, if a parent is asking uh, when would those bills be brought to the floor? Has Senator Schumer mm -hmm. given any indication of that? Well, I think you know right now we have a very important border security and Ukraine bill in front of us, a supplemental, we're making progress. Um, we then have the budget, but that can all be done in the next few months.